Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Ed. And we're here recording after week five of the college football season. Is it over yet? No, it's only beginning, unfortunately. It's only Ugh. beginning. I'm not even halfway done. Oh, my gosh. And the crazy thing is, I expect us, after this week, well, I don't expect anything anymore. That's the whole theme of the season. Just get rid of expectations and uh, expect inconsistency. Expect um, low totals, uh, crazy stats that aren't the positive ones. Uh, I, I mean, what what happened? I mean, I think we know who this team is at this point, and it's the team that was that we saw in the first three weeks, and that yeah game against Washington State was just kind of a blip on the radar. Uh, it's not was not indicative of actual change. It was just sort of an outlier and a fluke, and we were all hoping it wasn't. But I think it's pretty clear after last week that it was. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we we're almost halfway through the season and you know four games in I think we sort of uh, all deep down inside know that this isn't getting better this year I agree um I think the the hilarious part of this game was just some of the I mean everybody I think a lot of takeaways from it was that the Pac-12 refs and I just don't want to give them that much credit on this one I mean, they, there was one spot, the last of the, the two hor- horrendous, egregious spots that they gave that ended up, you know, throwing the defense off because they thought they got to stop. And these are young kids, and you can, I mean, obviously everybody knew Arizona was going to score, and that was the go-ahead score that ended up them winning the game. But I don't want to spend too much time on the refs. Yeah, I mean, those spots were horrible. The I was, refs sucked. I was infuriated. Yeah, but the refs have always sucked. And we still had chances to win. Um, we, we shouldn't be in any position to let the refs screw us. Especially against a backup, true freshman, QB, um, who we just found out was starting the day of the game. Yeah, we, we should have been up 21-3 at the half. Like, there was no reason. We had gotten so many more possessions. We were... We just, yeah, we just could not score. And, I mean... It was just a bad game. Like, I I was watching, I was but like... But we've been saying this, this about every single game now, except for Washington State. This and was, was closer to half. San Diego State and Cincinnati. Like, Oklahoma was just a blowout, and, like, at least there's some entertaining football on the other side, you know? I mean, it, to our expense, but this was just... It was just another bad game. It's like... We were all excited to get Chip Kelly because we were going to have at least a fun product. Like, there are bad teams out there that are just fun to watch. Yeah. And we just, I don't know what it is. We can't have ever have that brand of football, and this was just very UCLA bad brand of football. It's It was bad. It was sloppy. It was ugly. It, it just, I mean, look, it's... We can we can re rehash everything that we said you know over the past several weeks and it's the same exact issues and so I don't even want to spend any more oxygen like rehashing that. I agree. 
it's the same garbage. We know what we're getting. Like, I don't even know if we'll beat, beat Oregon State um, this weekend. Who knows? Um, but, you know, the one bright spot I did, I do want to point out, is uh, Austin Burton looked pretty good. Uh, I got to like, see him a full game. I'm not sold. He made a few good throws, but I also, I just need to see. I, I almost want to, like, I, I haven't rewatched the game, but from my memory, it his, like, four throws that he made seem to be better, have more accuracy, more touch than anything I've seen with DTR almost all season. I had think... a really nice out route throw, just like this, like fitted right into where only the receiver could catch it for a first down. He had that nice deep shot to I think it was Irwin who just dropped the ball. His his worst throw, if I remember correctly, was like him run, him trying to throw on the run, and he just threw it into the dirt. Like, I'll take that. I think my only concern with Austin is that um, his he, he didn't have much zip on his throws. That's my only complaint, but I think that comes over time. But, I mean, yeah, they were accurate balls. They were what we expected. Look, he, we he, know Austin's going to be accurate, but we know that uh, DTR had the strength. Now we're looking for someone to, I, to fit, look, fit I, the Look, strength I get, but I think strength can be overrated. Like, yes, Burton's not going to be able to throw it, 40 yards, 50 yards down the field. And honestly, I'm okay with that if we can actually make some of these intermediate throws more accurate. Like, if he is able to hit those receivers in stride and a little bit more accurately, like, I'm willing to take that. And you can run a very, very efficient and good offense based on that. Yeah, and one thing we did notice, I mean, off the bat, on the drive that he came in where DTR hurt his ankle, or he didn't hurt his ankle, um, he was he was pressured and, and taken down. Um, we did see how the defense. I think the the best part about Austin is the defense doesn't know necessarily the plays that Kelly's going to call, and and so we just saw a difference in Josh Kelly's, uh, you know the 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 lanes that opened up for him because the defense was there was there's not much tape on Austin, um, and so that's always a good thing. And it opened up and Kelly got us that drive. Um, that, you know, that got us to 17. And that was, I mean, that's a positive. That's always a good thing. We, I mean, Kelly said that, Chip Kelly, not, uh, not the Kelly we like. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but Chip, Chip did say he only found out about, uh, Grant, uh, only 15 to 20 minutes before a game, which is complete BS because it was on social media at 5.30pm. And so anyways, aside from that, but I, I only say that is because it is good. It, it's an angle. It's an advantage having, you know, a backup QB that comes in. That's that's his talented. I think Austin Burton, um, yeah, he came in as a three-star from New England. But he has been in the system for, what, three years now? This is his third year, I believe. And uh, Yeah, at least two years for sure. At least two years. And with that, I just think he has been you know sitting down sitting in the ranks he's shown patience and I think that'll show on the field he's not entitled and I I think that type of attitude is going to be seen um in Oregon State and yeah I mean it looks like he's going to start 
but uh, when he came in, I I felt he was a little bit nervous, and I think I want to see him a full game because I want to see what he's like when his his nerves are very calm and he's given, you know, the keys to the offense, and that's yeah, my only thing. He didn't saying. seem like he was shaken or anything. You know, he played within himself and you know didn't force the ball didn't you know even under pressure it wasn't like he threw bad interceptions or anything like he he looked competent and it just if like at worst he is like he can be a game managing kind of qb which and we would take we could do right well with. yeah right like not a knock against dtr we all saw what he can he potentially could be but i just even in this past game like i didn't see any of that again yeah and I mean, I I guess another takeaway there was uh, the the most frustrating takeaway was Chip Kelly had the most electric offensive skill player, arguably of the week before, in the nation, and how he put him in. He barely played him the next following week because of the excuse of that he didn't want to put in Felton and Kelly, and it was it's just again it's that frustration of that stubbornness of like. I have this secret weapon. I'm not going to use it. Everybody thought it was disciplinary, but I don't even know what can happen between two road games um, after they win that big game that Felton could do. You know, it just the commentators made a big story about it during the game. And it's just it's mind boggling again, just on what's going on. And I think that speaks what I took away from this game is that these kids on offense are very i mean on defense as well but the offense are very confused dtr did not look happy with the play calls we i mean dtr didn't have his best game don't get me wrong but he still a lot of he wasn't put in the right situations and i think a lot of fans took away that this scheme is a problem and we've seen dtr the following week when the play calls were solid and now we just reverted back to to Kelly's stubbornness, which it just didn't make sense. There was okay, like we never have a problem with him going for fourth, right? But you're down in your own, you're near your own end zone, and you run it zone twice on third down. You don't get the play, so you decide, oh, I'm gonna stack it again, and and guess what? You don't. You get the same result. It is bordering on the. It's literally boarding on insanity, and we all know the definition of that. Um, with some of his play calls, it's not the choice that he's going for. It's just the calls that he's making, and everybody. I mean, it, I there's think so much to pick apart. I think we all can kind of agree that, like Kelly, trying to understand Kelly, Chip Kelly's decisions at this point, like, is a lost cause. Like, I, I don't understand, and I don't know if anyone will be able to decipher anything from Felton being basically benched for most of the game from his play-calling decisions this past game. Like, he he's just so stubborn to make this stupid, like, 12 tight end offense, offense work, and it clearly doesn't work, and I, it's like... It's it's frustrating, and I, I for me at least, I'm just done trying to figure it out because I don't think it's ever gonna be any sort of logic behind it. Period. Yeah. Like end of story. He's just gonna keep doing these incredibly idiotic, stupid things, and like I, he, you know, in his press conference, I think Monday, he mentioned something about oh, I, I, that's where the whole thing about you know playing one running back in the game came out, but. 
I don't put that much credence into it. I just he just he always just says random shit during his press conferences to throw off the media or whatever. But and the he, fact he, that he, he seems didn't like see the he, field. Yeah, and he seems to have something against uh, the tough questions that L.A. Times writer Ben uh, Balch tends to ask. There seems to be something there. I love is, Ben Bulch. Shout out Ben Bulch. Yeah, shout out. We'll take you on the pod anytime. Um, yeah, and it's not... Look, we knew he has a prickly kind of demeanor. He doesn't like the media, but he knew what he was getting into. Like, this isn't Oregon anymore. This isn't Eugene. This is L.A. And it's We're, not even... It's, he's not even dealing with the pressures of USC in terms of what their coach has to deal with. Like, he's still... Like, if for someone who's worked in media, you're dealing with B-side of media attention when it comes to college football. Uh, yes. And, it, I, I mean, it's just frustrating. We can go on, but it's not working. There's it, there's bad grades all across the football team, but yet we have a season to, to continue, and we have a game coming up this Saturday. What are your feelings on the game on Saturday? Um, you know what? The way the season's been going, I'm still, I picked, so originally in my, my <laughs> preseason, <laughs> you know where this is going, oh, but, God. but originally in my, um, in my preseason, uh, prediction for the season, I actually had Oregon, um, beating us. I mean, sorry, Arizona beating us, uh, coming off a bye. I don't even think that's the reason why they won last week in terms, in regards to the rest. I just think we stunk it up. Um, yeah, we stunk it up for, in every aspect of the game. I mean, we didn't even talk about uh, the the final kick to miss it, and I. I don't even. I'm not easy. mad at Molson. I would have been frustrated. It's easy to blame the kicker in that situation, and I know he's a senior and he should be seasoned, and he clearly has regressed for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if it's mental or if it's the change of the placeholder. I don't know, but he clearly is not the same kicker that we saw even last year or the year before. And so he, you know, just blaming him seems like a scapegoat, and I, I don't want to do that. Um, you know, icing the kicker works sometimes. We, we've we seen it even in the pros. It happens. So I, I, it's, it's hard for me to blame him because when you look at it from a top-to-bottom performance, we shouldn't have been in that situation to begin with. Agreed. It should never came down to the kicker for this one. Right. Anyways, we, back to back to the game. This upcoming so, game. So Oregon State. Um, I actually I haven't watched the the Stanford game yet, but they put up a fight. They came back and they lost in the end from the scoreboard. I was following the scoreboard. And uh, yeah, I expect them to have a pretty good offense. I did see a few of their other games and. Um, they have some weapons. I think Jamar Jefferson is going to be, uh, you know, a bit healthier this game. And I just, I expect them to put up points on us. I just don't know what to expect from our team. I know what we're going to get from the other team. Um, so, you know, it's I... It's sad I, when you know the other team better than your own team. And even, the, like, I haven't even, I didn't watch the Stanford game, but I saw some highlights. And I'm going to watch that game before Saturday just so I'm, prepped for what's going to come but uh i i think i want to say we win it just out of inconsistency 
of this season and and what teams we don't even know our team doesn't seem to have identity which is so funny because uh we hired a coach who seemed to have a strong identity in offense but Oregon State should put up points I think we strangely enough will keep up with them and we'll be down but it's going to be a close game um our defense is going to give up a lot of a lot of why a lot of receiving yards um our pass rush is going to make some weird plays that are going to keep us in the game strange enough it's going to be one of those just fluky games and it's just what we need to win and I, i i can see it being one of those overtime uh games uh, just because Oregon State doesn't have much of a defense either. If anybody has a worse, you know, or a comparable defense to Washington State to what we played, it would be Oregon State. So, um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I have us winning by three. I'm going to say it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even want to make a prediction on this game because I, I, it's, I feel like it's impossible to predict any of our games at this point. We could either come out second half Washington State and look offensively at least amazing, or we can be the rest of the the season UCLA. And if I were to put money on it, I would put money on us being rest of the season UCLA. So I don't even want to make a prediction on it. I will say this, though. If we don't win this game, I don't think we're winning another game the rest of the season. I agree wholeheartedly. So we might be sitting at a one and eleven season. Is that? I I want to look this up, but is that the worst season ever in UCLA history? You know, funny enough, when we we're zero and three, I did look it up, and um, it's wouldn't be our worst season, uh, but it's our worst season since we've been playing twelve games, uh, so that speaks to. Like, the last time we went winless, I believe, was in the 40s. Um, and I don't have that stat in front of me. But we've had some pretty bad seasons. But, uh, yeah, this is by far. So pre-World War Two is what you're saying. Yeah. Like, the Germans were, um, were pretty much taking over Europe when we were stinking it up. Which, cool. at that time, it was fine because, you know, the country had bigger things to worry about. But now we care about football, we care about our players getting paid, and we care about things outside of, uh, of, of wars and, you know, bigger issues that are happening. <laughs> we care about this more. So <laughs> this, is, yeah. this, feels, this feels worse than any of those seasons, obviously. Well, what is it, only a month left until, less than a month left until... Um basketball comes basketball out. yeah about a month wait so what was your prediction you have to give us a score man you're gonna really make me do this i'm gonna say we lose 17 14 okay i i just don't see enough of the of any sort of improvement to have us confidently winning anything or even say we're winning anything. So that's the state of, of football we're at right now. 
Uh, wait, I, I actually I did looked up the stat on um, our worst season, if we ever had a, a worst season. In 1977, we went 0-11 with Terry oh, Donahue, wow. but that's not fact. So that's what's in the record book. We actually forfeit our wins because of eligible, ineligible players. So with that, we had to give up five wins. So that on the record book is our last 0 um, zero one game, but that's not exactly what happened during the season. Right. And then, and before that, the last time we went, uh, we only won one game was nineteen forty with uh, Coach Harrell, right? Yeah. Who even then the season before had won six games, so he uh, he at least did okay. And then <laughs> before that was um, Coach Klein in nineteen twenty four, where we had zero wins. So. Um, yeah, we are in uncharted waters for modern, for the modern era. We definitely are. We're making history in the wrong way. Yeah, we definitely are. Oh, man. Our total defense is ranked 127. And correct me if I'm wrong. I remember our defense was pretty bad in in 2000 2016 season, right? Where I think San Jose State was the only team that was worse than us. But we are we're pretty much up there because historically UMass is I mean one of the worst teams to ever play and they're 130. We're only 3 teams away from them. So it's I mean this this stuff is my like I'm actually when I look at these stats I just scroll down to the the 120s just to find us and we're right there. I mean the the UCLA football program is completely I don't I don't understand this is my biggest thing. I get it we we're giving him time. We gave him a contract and we you have to honor that contract to a certain degree. The coach has to see at least 50% out um to get the results. But man, year 2 if any employee or CEO was was churning out these results um for a company they work for, uh their seat would be much hotter Very than this hot. Right. Yeah. It would yeah, be a I hot agree. desk. So Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. I give up. Again, we spent 20 minutes on this, and we wanted to avoid talking about this too much, so we can move on, Zed. I just, the football program, that's, that's we how suck. we suck. End of story. Like, uh, on, to, on to Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin, the GOAT. Uh, I, just my gut feeling about this upcoming season, like, it feels good. Yeah, do I don't you know, know when is our first scrimmage? I believe it's like on the twenty, the thirtieth or the 29th. Yeah, I believe it is something like that. Our first game, I, I think, is eleven eight or six. It's like that the first week of November, so we're getting close. Um, yeah, man, like everything he's saying, it just, it just. It makes me feel good, you know, whether it's, you know, speaking about a defensive mentality, speaking about, you know, how they need to play as a team, um, you know, quoting John Wooden all the time and really embracing, you know, UCLA. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, he just recently had a barbecue at his house with a bunch of Bruin legends from not only just basketball, but, you know, Rafer Johnson was there. Um, And so he's really like, 
ingraining himself in the community. Not only that, I saw he had former walk-ons, which is great. It wasn't even like he was reaching out to big names. Like, I saw one of my friends, my old friends, there. Right. (laughs) You know, who's not... I mean, he's just... The guy's living out in Victorville with um, putting on basketball camps, and he gets a a call from McCronin. Like, that's great. That's how it's supposed to be. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Like... You know, anybody who has worn those four letters on their chest and has played basketball for us, he seems to be reaching out to. And there's definitely value in that in terms of, you know, fostering, you know, recruiting relationships down the road and things like that. And so just seeing that is is great. Uh, But everything I, you know, and there's not a ton coming out, but everything about practice and what the players are saying about practice and how, you know, they... They all seem to really like him, first of all. None of these guys are players that he recruited, but every single one of them, and I know they can't, they're not really going to come out and say anything negative about the, the coach, um, but they do genuinely seem to like, like him. And a lot of them talk about how surprising it was that, you know, when not practicing or not talking about basketball, how much he seems to just like, be a really genuine nice guy and then when he's on the court he just like really turns up that intensity and like um they all joke about how they you know if you give up a layup in practice like you're in for it and i love that like that's what i want to hear about practice not some soft ass like lazy practice that you know we were hearing about when alfred was the coach uh like he he there seems to be a true hard-nosed kind of mentality to even practicing and that's what I want to hear and I think our team you know the players who've been on the team for a few years who past three years have been playing in that soft system will benefit from that and guys like Jules Bernard and you know Singleton hopefully when he gets back are really going to benefit from that because they already kind of had that edge to them um, and so combine that this the coaching style with that that already that edge that they already had plus you know their athleticism and whatnot like I, I think you know we're not gonna be winning the pac 12 this year I don't think um, but you know stranger things have happened we have the talent to compete though and we sh- definitely I would argue have the talent to make the tournament. So that's sort of where what I'm hoping for, and I feel like it's very doable with this team. I agree. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for. I mean, for many reasons, but I'm really ready for basketball to start and to see an improvement. Yeah. Um, of just the intensity and effort, and I I think we all agree that Mick. I mean, yeah, we wanted the big hires with, with uh, Coach Cal, um, and you know, and Bennett, but. I, I am happy that we got Mick rather than someone say like Barnes or I don't know Dixon's up for debate but um, Mick just seems like if you're gonna get somebody from you know outside of SoCal or the UCLA area because it's a hard area for for people to adjust that don't grow it up in that area who don't know it who don't know you know the schools and whatnot Mick seems to acclimate himself pretty easily. I, I mean, I never seen a UCLA coach of the two major sports arrive in Southern California. So excited to be a Bruin. Um, 
and that is just it's just a good feeling like he has completely embraced the UCLA committee uh, the community from his robocalls that we received you know within yeah. the first week to to, yeah. to just the barbecues and everything and now it's just I mean the results are going to show up and we just hope and he's going to bring talented players so I really expect him to win big look I I like his fire and I like that he has a little bit of chip on his shoulder. He definitely still has something to prove, right? Like, he was not conceded, and it still really isn't considered some elite, amazing coach. I think everyone, the consensus was, yeah, he's a good, solid coach who turned a pretty bad Cincinnati program around into a, a very solid and up-to-good program. Um, so he definitely has some coaching chops, but it remained to be seen about recruiting, uh, and see how he would do in a kind of blue blood environment. And he's already answering the recruiting uh, aspect of that. You know, he went out, got Daishin Nix, number one point guard in the country. Uh, he's going after guys like Joshua Christopher and seems to be doing very well for them with them. Uh, so he, I think he's really largely answering that question. It just remains to be seen now whether all of this actually uh, will result in you know winning. And I, you know, at this point, I have no doubt or no reason to doubt that he will not win at some point down the road in his career at UCLA. It might not be year one. Um, We're not going to be, you know, getting into a Final Four year one. But, you know, there's potential to do that in the next, you know, three years, four years to make that kind of run. If you don't notice, Zed is, uh, he wants to say we're going to get into a Final Four in year one, but... He, I do, but I won't. <laughs> he wants to see how we play North Carolina first and in other schools, but yeah. Um, no, I'm excited. Mick is Mick's going to do well. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be a fun ride, um, and you know, at least it won't be a complete dumpster fire, <laughs> hopefully, so... And if anybody, I always say this, but I mean, I don't always say this is the first time I'm saying this, but if you're a listener and you happen to have a chance, try to go to these games and just wear your, you know, your brewing gear. Um, these high school games, the local games like Mayfair and, and Bishop Montgomery and Sierra Canyon and try to convince these kids because we just at this point, everything needs to be visible. Um, I mean, you don't have to hound them down, but just yeah, it helps. I wouldn't like go it, try to it, talk, talk to, to them. them. But just if you're ever checking out these kids, just make sure you're wearing your brewing gear so they can know that you know we are watching them, we are supporting, them. we we hope they are brewing. I'm, I mean, other than Joshua Christopher, I'm really I'm hoping that who seems to be trending towards UCLA now after Kentucky got their commitment. Um, I'm hoping we can turn uh, Zaire Williams. You know, I'm I have that much faith that Mick, with a good season, uh, may be able to, to you know to to put in some, whatever. I'm not going to go too much into recruiting, but the fact is, Mick has he's made an impact immediate. His enthusiasm is infectious on all fronts. All fronts, and he's made the right assistant hires, and and that's exciting to see. It just seems like a solid, sound program. Um, and we're ready to, you know, see the season kick off. Yeah, definitely, definitely trending up. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know, to your point about the, you know, going to high school football or football basketball games, it's, it's fun basketball. Like, you know, I know 
for the people who are into fundamentals and that kind of stuff, yes, it will drive you crazy. Defense is not emphasized at all. But the level of athleticism and you know, like pure, uh, like just pure talent and skill, even at the high school level, is incredible. It's fun to watch. But you know, don't don't hound the kids. I, I would refrain from that. Just, just like don't just tweet show up at recruits. UCLA. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. You could retweet recruits, but don't. Don't. I mean, they're seventeen, eighteen year old kids who are very impressionable, and they remember this stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there's some, uh, some positivity hopefully coming down the line, um, in the next few weeks when basketball kicks off. Um, other sports to go over? Um, you know, both soccer teams are sort of struggling. Uh, women's volleyball had a big win over SC last week. Yeah. And their Pac-12 opener. Yeah. So that was always fun. And then the water polo, they fell to Stanford, number three Stanford, which we, which we hate doing. Just hate losing to Stanford. Arguably, sometimes worse than that. Uh, no, I won't say that. Depends the sport, but I don't. <laughs> I knew I, where you were going with that. <laughs> it just depends. Like in soccer, I hate losing to Stanford. I mean, it's it's the sports where uh, SC, like we still, you know, we battle back and forth, but Stanford just seems to have our number. And yeah, I just hate losing this stand. A lot of a lot of sports like that. Yeah, true. But anyways, um, yeah, still, well, still Olympic a lot of sports are left. going well. A lot of seasons left. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, we have something a little bit more positive to talk about after this weekend. And if not, basketball's coming up. So hooray! Just hold on, hold on. We'll be there soon. Uh, <laughs> yeah uh cool luckily other thing is luckily we have a buy after oregon state so and give us some a break from uh all of the the suffering that we're all yeah going i need collectively a, I, I need a break from this it's mentally grating these l's are getting heavy uh, they're very heavy my shoulders hurt from carrying them uh man all right I think we're going to sign off. Yeah, we're signing off. Follow us at the Bruin Source. Um, and look out for the rooting guide if you want to read it. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, follow Twitter, Facebook, all all other normal avenues. We're on iTunes, so that's your preferred uh, I, podcast listening method. You know, check it out. Podbean. Podbean, that's where we're hosting. You know, we're we're everywhere, so can't get away from us. Can't. We're here. Cool. All right. Well, we'll catch you guys next week and go Bruins. Go Bruins.